Hi everyone, this is Somikazi from Paradigm Shift powered by Gile. On this episode, we are talking to Perna Sujan and her colleague Anita Kulju Gustafik. We will be talking about the importance of self-awareness and your human experience. I really hope you enjoy this episode and I hope our listeners are doing very well. We talk a lot about self-awareness in general, but for a lot of people, it's a very arbitrary thing. It's a very in the air, like what is self-awareness really? Um, how do you use it? What, like how useful is it? How would you describe it? How would you describe to young people what self-awareness is and how we can use it? I think it is a lot easier if we start from the problem. Uh, When we are not self-aware is that many times, I'm sure that you also notice and we can notice easily that our mind is everywhere, our emotions are just uh, fighting with us and we are carried away by our emotions and uh, we don't make the right choices. And hours later, days later, we start to regret. Self-awareness helps you to make the right choices and experience the simplicity of life. When you, when you appear in life as an observer and you stop overthinking and run after your emotions, you discover your inner wisdom and realize how simple life is. And you start to use your mind and emotions as much as they serve you. This is how I would describe self-awareness. Your guys' approach is based off of ontology of the human observer. Could you please explain what that means? So ontology comes from the Latin word to be. What is it to be? What is it to be in our mind? What is it to be in our emotions? What is it to be in the way we hold this in the body? How are we trapping all this, the combination of mind and emotions in the body. And when we talk about mind, we talk about the inner narrative. You know, each one of us has our own inner narrative, as well as we have a style in how, in the way we speak with each other, with others. Now, what ontology does is it examines the beliefs, the conscious, the subconscious, and in many cases, it's the subconscious beliefs that are dictating our actions. And so what ontological coaching does is it's examining the inner beliefs, the unconscious beliefs that we are holding so deeply and so so firmly in our psyches, in our ways of being, that that is influencing our actions. So that is the how I would describe ontology. How would you say then students in particular could use this this way of thinking or way of tapping into the self in ways that are productive to enhance the educational experience, to enhance their time at school, to enhance how they learn, how they begin to think about building their careers and so forth? The main statement of ontological coaching is uh, each one of us is a unique observer. We see the world uh, through different patterns, what we learned uh, during our life in the school, in the childhood, from our parents or from our friends. So everyone will see the methodology of ontological coaching in a totally different way. And whoever is willing to 
start an inner transformation and and explore the wisdom within uh, we'll understand the concept we'll be able to use the methodology of ontological coaching they can use it in a way that we are facing with challenges constantly uh, during the school we are facing with the challenges of the exams of the of the friends of relationships many many things we are constantly evolving the self is constantly evolving uh, for example after the first semester you have your first exam period and you totally freak out and then you start to develop your own tricks practices you start to be resilient over stress and just this exams are becoming more and more comfortable but after graduation when we start a career we face with totally different challenges we have new colleagues we have a boss leader managers totally different environment and requirements and once we all realize that the only thing we can change is us and we can't change the other person and i think that point is the moment when we can come as coaches and support the client and so i would imagine then that this forms a section of a human being a human being and specifically students in this case as part of the soft skills we begin to form in ourselves as a result of it and so when we go into the workspace like how big of a role would this play because you do coaching executive coaching and team coaching and such and so how how do you see it usually play out with um let's say interns who come into the workspace who either have or don't have this level of understanding or how to use or tap into it and how do you how do you enhance it for them or how well, I suppose you can't enhance it for them but how do you get them to a place where you begin to where they begin to start thinking and unpacking it and using it in useful ways and tools and understanding the importance of the soft skills of understanding the self in order to enhance yourself so how we do this is with enhancing the observer muscle like anita said you know it, the underlying philosophy is each one is a unique observer what i may observe as black you may observe as white each one comes from his own perspective so once you fundamental principle must be explained to the client each one is a unique observer each one is resourceful wise and whole each one has this wisdom each one has the resourcefulness and that is empowering isn't it yeah so you really help them tap into that inner wisdom you enhance the observer muscle by asking questions the best way to to approach this system is asking powerful questions and you know and anita knows and whoever is hearing this podcast will agree with me that once we are asked a question a powerful question then we start thinking and then we make our own conclusions then we make our own insights and what insights are made as a result of the coach's powerful questions that insight sticks it sticks to us we will never lose it and that is how we trigger and start the process of transformation and i can give you the analogy of transformation is how the cocoon becomes a butterfly the cocoon 
will just get so restless inside that he will want to just break he'll be like enough i don't want to suffer anymore enough i want to become a butterfly now and we help our clients become that butterfly we help them fly colorful butterflies happy butterflies i mean also in a, in the sense that it also starts becoming uncomfortable in the cocoon you start because you're growing you start feeling like you're confined and you need to expand your wings which is in essence the transformation right yes and what we have noticed is that the in our clients and the suffering or the period of discomfort or the breakdowns become shorter and shorter because the client's self awareness has gone up so it's a very transformative powerful and sustainable so what would you say if you could give us three daily practices in which we could incorporate it into our own lives in order to tap into ourselves a little bit more for specific purposes of enhancing how we consume how we interact with the world how we interact with ourselves and how we then build on that to build the kind of lives that we want to live of course i think uh, just to add about to the previous question i would say that the transformation starts or the need of the soft skills as that uh, when do they recognize that they need to develop the soft skills is the moment when they start to experience discomfort in some ways this is a very important moment and it is also very important to be aware of that discomfort because this is where we can start the practices very simple practices we are talking about again awareness is kind of the simplicity of life we were discussing with prerna what kind of practices uh, we would give to to university student what they can start from the next day and what we think it is very important to to set intentions set intentions and and mood for the day when you wake up just you think about your day you think about your goal and you set your intention and and you remind yourself about this intention through during the day the second practice is when when you notice the crazy amount of thoughts and emotions that are appearing in your life and you are carried away you you notice that you define what is the first sign of this and when you notice it you just stop you step back even physically if it helps you and just observe the situation and focus on the facts what are the facts this question if you ask yourself you will you will understand that many things are just assumptions emotions additional thoughts sometimes not even your thoughts just your friends told you and just focus on the facts and you will see the situation clearly and the third practice is offer gratitude we we just take so many things in life for granted and and we we realized how precious a thing was when we actually lose it and i think it is a great reminder to offer gratitude even for small things because don't forget every time when you get out of bed you just remind yourself that you woke up today you have two arms you have two legs you are able to walk and and make your cup of coffee and this is amazing offer gratitude for this and experience the emotion have you found that have you seen tangible transformations with the people that you've trained and the teams that you've worked with 
I'm not sure how long you work with teams, but have you seen like visible changes in how when people start implementing these things that you suggest? So being full of gratitude, looking out for like paying attention to your emotions and your thoughts and setting like proper intentions. Have you seen actual, let's say, productivity increase in a company or in a team? I've been very privileged and uh, honored to be able to work with very big name corporations, Fortune 50 executives, um, big organizations. And the, the biggest transformation I see is there's more respect, respect for themselves. So enhanced level of dignity for themselves, because many times we don't live from a place of self-worth. So enhanced dignity. When we start giving dignity to ourselves, we start respecting each other. So that is the biggest transformation. Leaders start walking their talk. They don't just speak. They are actually embodying the value systems that they have been practicing. And the teams see it. So the teams, recently I can give you an example. As we had this lockdown, one of our clients, um, his team, uh, one or two people in the team of about 50 employees, in his team, he's a leader, one or two of the team members was feeling a bit unsettled during this lockdown period. And one of his team members who's gone through the whole program with us, she suggested to the team leader that maybe each day or every few days, each member of the team sends out his or her coping mechanisms to the rest of the team in the form of a newsletter. And this one practice transformed the entire dynamics of the team. This one small practice. And it didn't come from the leaders. It didn't come from managers, his colleagues. It came from low below. So that is the power of the transformation and effect that it has. And this leader came back to me with utmost gratitude because he wanted to share the benefit of the work. Mm. So these are some of the examples, many other examples. I could give example after example and Anita could give example after example. Leaders are more uh, uh, managing and leading more out of the present moment. That is another fine example. They don't go into the future. They plan for the future. But after they've planned, they let go of the future and they are in the present moment. Leaders are stopping to judge each other or their teams. They are asking questions. They are operating from a place of curiosity, from a place of openness, from a place of flexibility, from a place of inquiry, rather than, you know, making assumptions. So I think these are some of the examples I can bring. Yes, it is possible to answer your first question. Absolutely, transformation is possible. And I'd be very happy if my dearest colleague, Anita, would also add some of her thoughts. Uh, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think when when the leaders and the clients step into their wisdom and self-worth, they start to act from a place of kindness and and it mostly changes the relationships with everyone in the team and also with their leaders and and it is just the feedback is just magical like uh, just they the leaders say that I just changed my my opinion I just stopped judging I just 
somehow I changed in my mind my opinion about that person and our relationship is amazing right now. And my 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 boss apologized and and they learn how to handle mistakes. It is it is a situation people are judging themselves so much. I made a mistake. I can't make a mistake. Leaders especially have this mindset that uh, I can't make a mistake. And once they they are confident enough, they understand that mistake has so much opportunities and they are they are ready and able to discover and use those opportunities what they find after making a mistake. Uh, so yeah, mostly I I, I experience uh, feedback which says that the communication, relationships, leadership style, uh, totally changed, and of course it has an impact on the on the revenue too. Absolutely, I am very interested in the fact that you went into relationships because I am a big believer of forming valuable relationships not only building the self, but also building careers and building just a network of people that you can speak to and have access to and such. And so in respect to students and how we learn, how should we be cultivating our relationships while we are still in university? How would you explain or how would you describe the importance of forming these relationships and how to nurture them without them only becoming a means to an end, but like nurture relationships where they are holistic. We don't need this necessarily need to be best friends with everyone, but where they're holistic enough for it to be valuable resources when you go into the workspace. I think my, the first uh, important ingredient is openness, curiosity, and, and, and sitting with the facts. As Anita very rightly pointed out, a big, big, big piece of the work in ontological coaching is operating from a place of facts rather than assumptions. Because we tend to make a lot of assumptions. You open the newspaper, it's full of assumptions, it's full of assessments. We really, really must evaluate and see what is the proof. Not listening to just hearsay, unless I have not seen it with my own eyes. I am unwilling to listen to it. This is very important to to help build relationships because, you know, and especially in the Central East European culture, you know, we are constantly evaluating this is nice, this is not nice, this is pretty, this is ugly. We are constantly labeling. Look at this person, what is he wearing? How could he even come out on the street wearing this color? Does he not see that this color looks bad on him? We do this, no? Not only in this culture, in many cultures, we are constantly judging. And that we must stop. Recognize, stop in our tracks when we have this urge. Because we have an urge. We have an inner urge to make assessments and assumptions. And it's very pleasing to gossip to each other. Look, look, look what he's doing. But rather than going outward, let's go inward. I always tell myself, go inward. Point the arrow towards you. Use this as an opportunity to grow, to develop. And that has changed my dynamic uh, with relationships. And my relationship with relationships has become much, much more positive. This would be my, uh, you know, suggestion. Everything we say is a suggestion. Nothing can be written as the gospel truth. 
only a suggestion because everything can be challenged. There are lots of very intelligent persons out in the world who are willing to challenge and most of their energies are channeled in challenging. Mm-hmm. I have nothing to say to those people. I just bow down <laughs> in humility and reverence. Do you have anything to add, Anita? Yeah, I agree. Thank you very much. Um, acceptance and kindness. These are the two words came up to me. Ben basically Prana covered it. And, and the question that uh, does it really give joy when we judge someone, when we, when we leave out of assumptions? Because maybe we feel good when we are uh, gossiping about someone or something. But uh, is, it a, is it a long-term happiness? Does it give you a long-term joy? If, if I think, and this is my answer, it doesn't give me joy from, from my heart. It is just joy for the mind. I'd, I'd like to add something here. Um, our work is based on experience. We take the clients, we say, experience, go and experience this. See what happens. Because the power is in the pudding, no? The proof is in the pudding. That's it. So the experiential wisdom and power, once tasted, then the client doesn't want to go into those patterns that he has gone into. Because it only rises more suffering. It gives rise to only more suffering. And we don't want to suffer. Do we want to suffer? Nobody wants to suffer. Okay. Um, that's it for me. This was very helpful. I am a, I'm an avid fan of this kind of thinking generally. So this is, you've touched on a lot of things that I've been carrying on about for a while, just in how I would like to interact with the world and for my own self-development. And I think the facts thing is a very big thing, has become a very big thing in my life because I tend to ask an unnecessary amount of questions when people tell me things and they often get annoyed but I'm always saying I'm just not trying to assume anything I want to be clear on what you're saying to me and I want to make sure that we all understand what conversation we're having so that is very poignant to me and I think generally just going into the world of work as students it's just as important to always be asking questions, always being curious, always wanting to find out whether everyone understands the same thing. And on that, you do great work. That's that from me. So thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I hope that you found some gems in this episode. I think that it is very important for us to understand ourselves, understand how we interact with the world and how the world interacts with us. I think self-awareness is key to unlocking a lot of our potential that we all know we have. I think it is key in understanding how to use the resources we have in school, outside of school, and the relationships that we form. And I hope that this is useful information for people who weren't thinking about it and for people who were thinking about it. I hope that it's useful additional information. I will see you on the next episode of our podcast. I really hope you enjoyed. Thank you.